Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends, and happy 2023. Here we are in the season of life evaluation, often on a grand scale. For example, burn everything down and start again in epic fashion. And it's going to be the best year ever. And I'm going to do everything better and different. Now, I love positive aspirations and intentions. I love high hopes. I am someone who has made a post-academic career out of starting new projects. And I know that setting high bars and aggressive goals can be paralyzing. And that sometimes there are a lot of things that can impact our quality of life on a day-to-day basis that just aren't as sexy from a big goal-setting perspective and yet are just as crucial to address. So I want to start this first episode of 2023 talking about embracing what I'm calling micro goals. I don't know if that term already exists. I didn't look it up. It just came to me in the middle of the night one night, and I'm running with it. And before we get there, I have some housekeeping to share. First, I have a very exciting announcement. I'm thrilled to share that I've joined the podcast network, Adalist Media. This is a wonderful thing for a couple of reasons. The first being that I adore and respect Adalist's founders, Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson, so much. They are talented, thoughtful podcasters. What Fresh Hell is their award-winning show. And they are smart women who have created an incredible business. I'm so thrilled to be part of their community of podcasters, and I invite you to check out their suite of shows at adalistmedia.com slash podcasts. Second, I want to be transparent and share that this move will help me develop the support I need to make this podcast sustainable from a business perspective. If you're a longtime listener, you may recall that there used to be ads on this show. And then at some point early last year, I just stopped running them all together because it became too much to deal with logistically on my own. 
As you can imagine, running a weekly year-round show is a lot of work. And while first and foremost, I create this show out of love and passion for this topic and community, there is the reality, especially with one kid off to college, that I also need to earn a living and support my family. Adalyst will provide me with the support to keep providing this show to you for free and to focus on quality content. This means you will start hearing ads again, and I look forward to sharing some great sponsors with you. So just keep listening. That's all you need to do. Now, there is a content-relevant side of this announcement that's pretty important for me to share the details with you. It might be too granular, I don't know, but I also know that there are a lot of folks who have been with me for a long time, who were with the show when Asha was a part of it. So I want to share the backstory. It's been a very large behind-the-scenes undertaking to prepare the show to migrate to a new platform. First, I'm so grateful to my sound editor, Brian Thomas, for being unflappable and cheerful as usual throughout. I've asked a lot from him and leaned on him a lot, and he has been amazing. And I'm not someone who is afraid of work, but the process was very daunting at the very onset because audio cleanup was required for nearly every episode to get the archive ready for the ad platform. And there was the very major issue that before Brian came on board, we did not have a professional editor. And it turned out that even in many places, our episodes sounded fine. There were some overarching sound issues with the early part of the catalog that cropped up on major platforms. So this has been a longstanding issue for me that bothers me, but I haven't known what to do about it. I had to make some very challenging choices, and it ended up being a very edit-your-life type exercise. So what does this all mean? Here are a few things that astute listeners might notice. The main thing is that a large part of the early catalog is no longer available. Note that the Edit Your Life archive dates back to 2015, so many of these episodes haven't been getting a lot of action at present anyway. There are, at present, over 100 episodes to listen to and plenty of episodes forthcoming, but as I mentioned, the early part of the catalog was not produced by a professional sound editor, so that area of the catalog is archived. However, in analyzing the catalog's analytics over the past few months, I did find that there are some foundational popular episodes from way back that people were still listening to, including the very first episode on conquering procrastination from 2015. So here's the solution I landed on. I have been working with my sound editor, Brian, to re-edit a selective chunk of these older episodes and have plans to continue to recut some additional archived content. This is a slower process because it is basically akin to producing a fresh show with each archive re-release. And I thought I would have everything I wanted to do done by now, but then COVID derailed me for a couple of weeks in November and December. So there was that. But the bottom line, which is great news, is that the current entire catalog now available is professionally produced with very thoughtful and intentional back catalog curation. This was really important to me. The sound experience throughout is solid, and there will be additional archive content forthcoming to be re-released, as well as tons of new episodes. 
Finally, the last little logistical thing is that because of this major change, you might notice that I'm no longer using episode numbers. Existing references to old episodes by number will no longer be relevant. The titles are basically the same, but all the episode numbers are gone. I apologize in advance for any future frustration this may create regarding finding back content. It's difficult to find a perfect systematic solution for all of it. But the main thing, the most important thing that will not change, will never change, is great content. And in addition to focusing on some big overarching themes this year, creativity, compassion, authenticity, just to name a few, I will continue to share lots of tactically oriented content. I am so excited about this year. And as usual, there will be amazing guests coming up, including, insert drumroll, my very first guest of 2023, which will air next week, my mother, Rachel Coe. Can you believe it? I almost cannot. We'll be right back. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted, and after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash edit. That's storyworth.com slash edit to save $10 on your first purchase. Welcome back, friends. Let's dig in and talk about micro goals. I want to start with a few big picture conceptual notes. The first being this idea of big versus small goals. And I want to share that embracing micro goals doesn't mean you abandon big goals or projects you are excited about or that take time. That said, as anyone who has ever worked on a big project, 
insert air quotes around project, knows big projects, especially ones with a long runway, take time and at times can feel overwhelming and laden with uncertainty. That's fine. That's the nature of big goals. I also want to add a note here to emphasize that the air quotes around project are intentional because projects come in many forms. For example, completing a degree or certification program of any kind, raising a kid for, you know, say 18 plus years, writing a book or trying to publish an article somewhere, starting a new business, caregiving in a compassionate way, going through a major relationship transition. There are so many big projects in life with very uncertain parameters. So the bottom line is, I'm not telling you not to focus on big goals, but I want to encourage you today to train your lens on the micro as you go in service of your well-being. And in some cases, there will be opportunities for micro goals to support your bigger goals, which I'll talk more about shortly. The second general concept I want to talk about is that it's okay to be quiet. In my mind, there's something very intentional, especially in this current day we're living in, that is required to give yourself permission to focus on small, and that may be related to being very quiet. Our culture is tuned to big, splashy projects and goals, which again can be great, The one thing I've been turning over in my head as I prepared for this episode is an analysis of my own behavior and output. I am, by nature, a creative person. I love creating and sharing, whether it is writing, podcasting, videos, etc. My life and work is very out there, which I imagine partially is a very long tail result of having been so insular and tamped down when I was in academia. And the past several years of my professional life have been somewhat public and splashy in terms of projects, very public, measurable things in terms of accolades, media, et cetera. This past year, in 2022, I felt a deep desire to be quieter, and I hit moments, admittedly, where it felt kind of weird and lonely since it was so opposite to how I had operated for so many years. It was both that and it was exactly what I needed. So. I'm sharing this because if you are someone who struggles with sharing or how public facing your work or accomplishments are in any way, I want to say that it is okay, wonderful even, to be quiet. The third concept I want to talk about is micro goals and the focus on them as a form of personal agency. When I had COVID, I shared an image where I was sitting squarely amidst mess, and I made a joke about how the jackets that were hung on the stair railing behind me were a continued source of aggravation that represented a battle between me and exactly no one else. Nobody else cares about it. I'm the only person who cares about it. And in my opinion, as I've been thinking about this, I feel like a focus on micro goals can be a form of personal agency, a process through which you evaluate your own unique pain points, the things you have control over potentially, and then think about how to address them. I mean, micro goals can span anything. It could be part of a house declutter where you address those jackets, (laughs) but I recommend thinking about your micro goals in terms of the things that are uniquely in your sphere of control. And I will share a bunch of examples on this shortly. 
I mean, how cool is it to dedicate space this year to being all about you? And finally, the fourth concept I want to share is that it's okay to do things a different and potentially fluid way. One great thing about this process being all about you is that you can do things in a different way and you can pivot as needed. This is on my mind because recently in one of my professional support groups, a friend who is a genius strategic thinker suggested a powwow to talk about goals and planning for this coming year. Normally, I would be all over that. I would not want to miss a single thing, but my immediate response, and this, I love these people, was, ah, no, I don't want to do that. Mostly because I felt like a meeting with other people who were making really big plans would distract me from what has felt like a really right and true path for me at present, which is to focus on micro largely. So in this case, I just needed to be okay with doing things a different way and not opting in. It's also worth noting that you can pivot wherever you want and as you get a handle on different micro goals. And that is because this is your journey and that is the very best thing. Okay, I want to walk through some further framing and specific examples, and we'll do that after a quick break. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hello, friends, we're back. So, as I've been thinking about micro goals, the phrase that keeps popping into my head is this one small thing. I will admit it showed up in my mind as I was falling asleep with a hashtag in front of it, but we don't need to use a hashtag. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm not going there. But one small thing, as in, ask yourself, what is one small thing I can do to move towards peace or resolution or comfort with something? That is what this process of focusing intentionally on micro goals is all about to me this year. And as I was thinking about what that looked like, I realized there were kind of three buckets for micro goals. And I thought it would be helpful to share some examples of a few things I'm thinking about for my life and the experience I want to create in 2023 in the hopes that I can help inspire your thinking on this topic and the pain points in your life. 
this is by no means exhaustive. There will probably be other things that crop up, but this is what's on my mind at the moment. And it's important to note that one of the things I will do next is plug some action items into my to-do list and calendar around these things to set up regular reminders for myself. That is what I need to get things done. Your process may look a different way. Okay, so the first bucket is what I consider shorter time frame goals. A good example of a very first one is renewing Violet's passport and checking all family passport expiration dates and putting in my to-do app when to renew them. The point being so that I avoid the aggravation and panic about realizing that important paperwork has expired. I find that this panic crops up, I don't know, maybe every three years when I'm looking for something, I find something else that's really important that has expired. And I want to try to reduce that source of stress in my life. It's a shorter time frame goal with long-term impact. Another short-term goal related to self-care is finally taking care of my eye care, which breaks down into three micro goals, actually. Book the appointment, go to the appointment, and then choose glasses and order contacts. And the reason this is top of mind is that this is one of those things that has been impacting my life negatively for months in terms of like my experience being able to see, pretty important. And I just keep putting it off. So no more. I'm going to take care of it this year. And I'm excited about that and the positive impact it will have on my life. The third one, it's, I would be embarrassed about it, but I'm not. (laughs) And it is deep cleaning my shower. During the pandemic, our monthly professional house cleaning went out the window. And now that we have a very jumpy dog, I just don't see it coming back in at any point. Over the Thanksgiving break, since we were having company visit us, I deep cleaned the girls' shower, which was going to also be the guest bathroom, and it was both gross and amazing. (laughs) And I realized, wow, it's time to do this for my shower so I can feel happy in there when I'm showering. So that's very short-term and doable. That'll take, I don't know, a half hour, an hour, who knows. Another shorter time frame goal is I'm going to by the time this airs, I will be in it, I imagine, is Yoga with Adrian's 30-day practice, which I believe the theme is center. This goal is doable given my commitment to yoga, but still it's a bigger goal because it requires 30 days of collective showing up. One might think of them as 30 days of micro goals. So that's another example of a shorter time frame goal. The second bucket is what I'm considering ongoing micro goals that don't have a particular endpoint or due date. I think you'll know what I mean when I start to talk through these examples. The first is I want to develop an end of day transition routine. One of the challenges of working out of a home office is I pretty much jump right from work to family things. I don't have a commute to decompress. Pre-pandemic, I actually had a co-working space I visited periodically, and I loved the train ride to and from as a chance to read a book or just transition. I don't have that anymore. So one of my micro goals for this year is to experiment with some different end-of-day transition routines to help my brain let go of the day. This is a real struggle for me, and I think it will improve my quality of life and my ability to engage with my family tremendously. So this is a really important one for me. The second one 
is decluttering my office. So this speaks back to my example of my battle against no one with the coats being hung on the railing situation. My office is the one room in my home over which I have full control. And as I gaze around at it right now, as I'm recording, it makes me feel very unsettled and anxious. And I spend so much time in here, so it should feel more like an oasis. So this is a notable ongoing micro goal because I think it will require the micro goals of cleaning it up, which include things like refreshing what's on the walls, cleaning off my desk surface, getting rid of old books, cleaning out drawers, which are mostly full of junk except when they're not, and there are important things like my social security card hiding in there. That, by the way, is how I discovered that Violet's passport was expired. And also cleaning out the small closet, which is currently loaded with craft and office supplies and other junk, who knows what. So there's the multi-step micro goal process of actually getting all that done, and then there's the maintenance phase. But this is one that I think will have a really big impact on my day-to-day, which is why. I'm setting it as a micro goal for this coming year. Another one related to my office and my work is email triage. (laughs) So like my drawers, there is a lot of junk, but I know there are some very important things, people who I've not responded to. And this makes me unhappy because I know it translates to people I care about not being acknowledged or responded to. This is not out of care. This is just out of plain overwhelm, and then all of the junk email obscuring the important stuff. So the way I'm thinking about experimenting with this is to put in my calendar recurring one to two daily 15-minute email triage sessions where I mass delete emails and address one to two important ones that I really want to respond to. I think I'm going to have to set a timer because this can definitely be a rabbit hole and just having it on my calendar will help me get it done. So I'm weirdly kind of excited about that. Another example of an ongoing micro goal is some kind of weekly social check. I don't know if I want to call it an audit. That sounds too official. But bottom line, relationships are very important to me. And yet so is my general need to unwind after a busy workday and my love of being cozy at home in my PJs. And then, of course, many family things I need to tend to. So without a doubt, social things definitely get backburnered for me. But this past weekend, this was on my mind because I rather shockingly had three days in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I had in-person, in-real-life social engagements. And when I looked at my calendar, I was like, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to do this? And the answer was yes, and that each and every connection point was nourishing and wonderful. So as I talked about in planning and calendar and optimizing episodes in the past, I have a very regular weekly practice of doing a weekly work look ahead. I look at my calendar, I look at meetings, I see what the big goals are, I identify whether I need to shift anything around if it's going to be a really bonkers week. And I want to do a similar weekly social check and think about some kind of personal social connection, especially embracing stuff like last minute planning, which I've grown to absolutely love. 
So for example, just this week on Monday, as I was doing a look ahead on my calendar, I realized I have a couple friends who I haven't seen who have dogs. And so I recommended a dog meetup slash human connection. And I'm just so excited about it. It's happening later today after I record this, actually. And finally, the last bucket of micro goals are micro goals in service of bigger goals, which I referenced at the beginning of this episode. I actually have just one big goal that I have this year, and that is to complete a rough draft of the manuscript I have been working on. Last year, I did talk about this on a previous episode, but I was struggling to carve out time for writing and reorganizing the raw material. And so I set up 30-minute daily recurring writing blocks as a micro goal. And those worked beautifully towards making progress. So I'm going to continue to do that in this year. And I'm just really excited to see how it all holds together. (laughs) So what you might notice is that for the most part, These micro goals are not flashy in any major way, but they will have high, high impact on my quality of life and they are doable. Yay, agency in life. So for your next edit, I want to invite you to prioritize specifically a micro goal related to your well-being. It could be like me, booking a long overdue eye exam or some other routine appointment that you have been putting off. It could be experimenting with taking a 10-minute walk around your neighborhood every day and seeing how that feels. The point is, we only have one body. That is something I have been reminded of frequently this past year. So let's start this year out grounded in love and care for ourselves. What a gift. Okay, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.